Hey everybody, welcome to the broadcast. I am Tony. And I'm Jenny. Thank you for being with us today at home or wherever you are at listening. Hey, first thing we wanted to let you guys know, if you have not experienced uh, one of our in-person services yet and you're thinking about doing that, we wanted to let you know that we're going to be doing that through the month of August um, outdoors, still on our front lawn at 15th Street. Um, you can see all of our guidelines and everything on our website for more information there. Now, typically throughout the weekend uh, at that in-person gathering, we do have receptacles for the school supplies that we are collecting right now. But if you're not attending the in-person service, you can bring those school supplies. Uh, again, anything that a student would need for school, their <laughs> partnership with, with Maplewood, um, during the week to the main office here at 15th Street. Yes. And also, if you are not in a group, but you are desiring to be in a group, we have some online groups um, as well as in-person groups that are meeting. We would love for you to check out our groups page on our website. Mm -hmm. um, there's a button that you can click on there. Really uh, easy. You can kind of explore some of the groups that we yeah. have there. So be sure to do that. Uh, during this broadcast, uh, if you would like some prayer, the number on the screen right now is to our uh, prayer team. And uh, you can text your prayer to that number and know that someone on our prayer team will be praying for you. Also, anytime during this broadcast, uh, we have made it very simple for our giving online. So we have different options where you can go onto our website, you can do a one-time gift or a reoccurring gift. Um, through our online giving, as well as a text to give option that we have. And again, we are so grateful for your guys' partnership. We love your generosity. It has been incredible, especially during this time. So thank you guys very much for your continued support. Yeah, be sure to continue following us online. You can like or um, you know share this video if you'd like. That helps us out. Uh, also, comment uh, during the broadcast. You know, know that uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, as we're all watching together, we reflect on what we're listening to, and it's fun to engage in conversation there. Um, everybody, we hope you enjoy the broadcast. fix our eyes on you now. Let's worship the Lord together. Slow to anger, your name is great. 
fix our eyes, our minds, our hearts towards you now. Holy Spirit, again, will you just feel the place where we are watching now? We thank you, God, for this gathering of your church online. Holy Father, I pray that you would speak to us now, give us understanding, but more than that, Father, allow us the blessing to chase after you, to follow you. It's all about you, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, everyone. So glad you are joining us online today. We are so grateful that you were a part of Christ community. Hey, let me just mention that if you're interested in attending our in-person Sunday morning gatherings, those are going to continue to be outside through the month of August. So you can find out more details about those on our website. September 6th, 1988, I was walking along the Arkansas River. That's what they call it in Kansas, um, with a girl named Raylene Reimer. And at one point, I got down on one knee and asked her a very important question. Do you like football? Uh, no, actually, that wasn't the question. Th that's not the question I asked. No, I asked a different question. The question I asked was, will you marry me? I could have asked her any question, 
But that question changed the course of our lives. There is life-changing power in asking the right question. If you're in the exam room at your doctor's office having just completed a battery of tests and your doctor walks in the room, you're probably not gonna ask, so how's your golf game? You're gonna ask, what do the test results reveal? Asking the right question is a big deal. It can have a huge impact in our lives. And this is especially true today. I mean, in the midst of all the bad news and the conflict and the political strife and relational tension, there is a very real danger in us asking the wrong questions and in doing so, missing the life-changing power of this season that we're in. I think a lot of the questions we're asking right now are actually stirring up fear and anger in our hearts. Questions like, what's wrong with our society? What's wrong with those people, whoever those people are to you? You know, why aren't things in my life getting any better? Now, I'm not saying those are evil questions. What I'm wondering about is the impact those questions are having in our lives. See, what if we're asking the wrong question? We're in the midst of a teaching series where we're going through the book of Philippians, which is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in the city of Philippi. And what's, what's especially fascinating about Paul's letter is that Paul is writing this letter from prison. He is literally in chains, having been arrested for his faith in Christ. And we thought COVID confinement was bad. Um, so, so in chapter one, after an initial greeting and prayer, Paul then begins in verse 12 talking about his imprisonment. And the way he talks about his situation reveals that Paul was asking a very different question than we often ask in the midst of our struggles and difficulties. Paul is not asking, how do I get out of here? How could God be in charge when all these bad things are happening, when everything's falling apart? Why me? No, Paul is asking a very different question, and it completely shifts his perspective in the midst of his suffering. And it can do the same thing in our lives. Here's the question Paul is asking. What is God doing in the midst of this situation? What is God doing in the midst of this situation? As we're gonna see, that one question can completely change our perspective and our attitude and our level of joy, no matter what we're going through. Okay, so look with me at what Paul says beginning in verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, let me just stop there for a moment because I think it's, it's, important, to real, it's important for us to realize what Paul re is referring to when he says, what has happened to me? Paul is not just talking about a night in jail. I mean, he is talking about the past three years of his life that included being unjustly accused, being beaten, being shipwrecked as a, uh, as a prisoner, and now chained up under house arrest. If I were Paul and were writing to friends, my letter would probably have sounded more like, I just want you to know that what has happened to me is incredibly unfair and unjust, and I am so frustrated at the incompetence all around me, I need a good lawyer. But, but of course, Paul doesn't say that. Because Paul, as he looked at his circumstances, was asking a different question than me. Paul was asking, what is God doing in the midst of this? 
And a crucial part of the answer to that question in Paul's mind had to do with the gospel. He says here, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. You see, Paul is looking at his circumstances through a gospel lens, through a lens of this amazing news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead to give us life. That that news had dramatically changed Paul's life. I mean, Jesus was now at the epicenter of Paul's life. I mean, later on in this letter, Paul will say, for to me, to live is Christ. In chapter three, he'll say, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Jesus was Paul's everything. And he wanted as many people as possible to experience this life-changing love and power of Jesus through the gospel. See, that passion is what caused Paul in whatever circumstance that he found himself in to instinctively ask this question. What is God doing in this situation? How is the gospel advancing? How is the good news of what Jesus has done for us impacting more and more people? And that question completely changed Paul's attitude and outlook and focus an emotional state. Again, it's all about the question we're asking. So let's just stop for a moment. I, w- I want you to think of a specific, difficult circumstance you find yourself in right now. Or think of something specific happening in our nation right now that frustrates you, that offends you, or that, that bothers you. Just think about that, a specific situation. And now as that comes to your mind, I want you to think about, just to begin thinking about this question, what questions am I asking? What questions are you asking in that situation? See, maybe we're asking, why did that politician decide that? And how is this going to impact my business? How is this going to impact my financial situation? How is COVID going to impact my job or my ability to go back to school or that trip that I scheduled? What's going to happen to the, you know, what's going to happen in the election in November? I mean, what if so-and-so gets elected? Whoever that is for you. What's going to happen to our freedom? What's going to happen to our investment portfolio? What's going to happen to our nation? Again, we're, we're all asking lots of questions right now. And my sense is that those questions questions are stirring up a lot of anger and frustration and fear and stress and worry. So what if we changed the question? What if we started asking, God, what are you doing in this situation? Or better, where is the power of the gospel advancing in people's lives? That's a very different question. For instance, we look at all the tension and demonstrations over the last several weeks as it relates to racial injustice and and prejudice. I mean, we could focus on the bad apples and the violence and the rioting and find ourselves getting angrier and more frustrated, but what if we asked, where is the gospel advancing in people's lives? You see, I, I see white pastors like me starting to preach sermons about race and about how Jesus invites us to be a new humanity where these dividing walls of hostility are torn down in the cross. I see Christ followers having honest conversations with people who have a different skin color than they do. 
We just had our first Be the Bridge discussion group, racial reconciliation kind of discussion group last week. Had 30 people show up. It was so powerful. Blacks, browns, whites, all talking about race and about Jesus. That was not happening three months ago. The gospel is advancing. Now, I'm not minimizing the pain and the tension in our nation right now, but I am urging us to look at all of this through a a different lens. Because when we begin to see this through a different lens, we then can become a part of that gospel advancement. We can actually become a part of what God is doing. But if we never ask the right question, we're gonna stay stuck in our frustration and our fear. I mean, let me just be brutally honest. I feel like too many Christians are stuck right now in frustration and fear, spending way too much time watching politically charged YouTube videos that stir up all this negative emotion in us. And because of that, we're in danger of missing an amazing and unique opportunity of partnering with God in what he is doing right now in our nation and in our community and in our neighborhood and in our own hearts. What if in the midst of the crisis that our nation is in, what if in the midst of any and every difficult, challenging, irritating situation we find ourselves in, what if we started asking this question, what is God doing? Where is the gospel at work in my current job situation? Where is the gospel at work in my marriage that seems to be falling apart? I remember meeting with a friend who was going through some challenges in his marriage and initially, his response in a situation was questions like, how could this happen to me? How could I have ended up in this place? Why didn't my spouse respond differently? And those questions just led him to a place of discouragement, shame. But in the midst of that, he began asking a different question. God, what are you wanting to do in me? Where where is the gospel at work in this situation? And that question began to shift his perspective. He started seeing how he could be a part of healing some relational damage that had been done with his, with his wife and his kids. He started seeing what Jesus wants to do in his own heart, all because he changed the question he was asking. Now look, I'm not talking about sugarcoating things and acting like everything is wonderful. No, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about doing the hard, intentional work of looking for God in the midst of whatever we are going through, looking for where the gospel of Christ is advancing. Now in this passage, Paul shows us what this looks like. He gives some specific examples of how the gospel is advancing, how he's seeing his situation, how the gospel is advancing in his current incarceration. So check out the next verse, verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. See, the palace guard was a very elite group of soldiers slash kind of bodyguards who protected Caesar. There were, there were, there were probably about 10,000 of them. And then now, now, now perhaps there were Christians in Rome who in their prayer groups, they had been praying, Lord, how do we get the gospel into that elite group, that kind of hardened, closed off elite group of officers? How would we ever get the gospel into that that group? Well, what if the greatest evangelist of all time 
ends up getting placed under house arrest where he is literally chained to a palace guard and every six hours the shift changes so that another palace guard is then chained to Paul. That's how it worked in those days. I mean, talk about an incredible way for hundreds of palace guards to hear about Jesus. Four new guards every day. I mean, what do you think Paul's gonna talk about while he's chained to a guard for six hours? The weather? I don't think so. He is gonna talk about Jesus. He is gonna talk about his, to each one of them about his story. I mean, we might initially feel sorry for Paul being chained to a guard 24-7, but knowing Paul's personality, we probably ought to feel sorry for the guards. Um, to talk about a captive audience, talk about an amazing gospel opportunity. I remember talking with someone about their cancer diagnosis and how hard it was for her just to go to chemotherapy and sit there for four hours knowing all these very strong chemicals and drugs were being put in her body and then knowing the side effects were gonna happen. She just dreaded it. But then one day as she sat there for her four hours of chemo, she just, over time, she started to get to know some of the other people who came at the same time she did. They were going through the same thing she was, but many of them were going through this without Jesus in their life. And she realized this is an amazing opportunity for the gospel to advance, to love people, to listen to their stories, to offer to pray with them, to share about what Jesus has done in her life. Again, asking the right question can radically shift our perspective, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Again, shifting the question, what is God doing in this situation, and how can I partner with that? Which leads to verse 14, and because of my chains, Paul writes, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. I love this. As Paul is looking at his situation through a gospel lens, he's actually celebrating the fact that this is not only giving him opportunities to share the gospel. His boldness and faith in this situation are actually encouraging and inspiring other believers to be more confident in sharing the gospel with other people. The, the impact is multiplying. I mean, I, I get excited when I think about the impact each of us could have when we start asking the right question in this season, what is God doing? Where is the gospel advancing? And in asking that question, in doing that, we suddenly shift the atmosphere. We shift the conversation in our small group where lately the conversations have tended to drift into anxiety and fear and griping and frustration, even cynicism about all that's happening. But we start asking this question and talking about what God is doing and it totally shifts the perspective of the entire group. This question has the power to shift the atmosphere in our family, in our small group, in our friendships, in our workplace. It, it, I mean, just in any context we're in because it gets our focus off of the things that are stirring anxiety and anger and onto the things that God is doing. Look, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, had Paul been focused on complaining and griping and worrying about the Roman government and all that stuff, had he been focused on that, that would have spread to the believers around him. 
And soon they probably would have been hunkering down in fear, talking about how bad things were. And they would have missed the opportunity before them. What question are we asking in this season and what impact is that having not only in our lives but in the people around us? What impact is that having in our kids, on our spouse, on our friends, our small group, and ultimately on the kingdom? Verse 15, it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. See, apparently there were some Christians who didn't like Paul. And so they were using this in some way as an opportunity to stir up more trouble for him, to make things more difficult in, in, in house arrest for him or whatever. We don't know exactly what that involved, but we do know that in their sharing of the gospel, the way they were doing it or whatever, they were trying to make life even more miserable for Paul. I mean, talk about kicking a guy when he's down. So what question is Paul going to ask as he faces this unique challenge? I think we all know the answer. Look at verse 18, the next verse. But what does it matter? Paul writes, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Paul is actually rejoicing even with these people who are making life more difficult for him. I mean, even in that situation, how could he rejoice? It's because of the question he was asking. He could have easily been asking, how can I stop these people? Why are they doing this to me? And in doing so, his heart would have been filled with bitterness and anger and frustration. But Paul's life passion was not about his own comfort. His life passion was about the gospel advancing. Paul was so grateful to Jesus for what Jesus had done in his life that he wanted anyone and everyone to experience that. So he could honestly rejoice, Paul could honestly rejoice when the gospel was, was advancing even through people who wished him harm. He could sincerely rejoice in the gospel advancing, even through people who wished him harm. Paul viewed every circumstance through a gospel lens. He approached every situation by asking, what is God doing in this situation? Where is the gospel advancing? And that one question radically changed his perspective, even in the most difficult of circumstances. How would your life be impacted if you changed the question you were asking in the midst of the challenges you face, in the midst of the things that are offending you, circumstances that are bothering you? How would the lives of others around you be impacted if you changed the question you're asking in this season? Asking the right question impacts everything. I recently watched uh, an interview with Pastor Andy Stanley and a friend of his named Stuart 
Hall. Stuart uh, was, uh, was is a speaker and I'm very involved in serving the Lord. And, and he was in great health. And then last March, he got COVID and he almost died. And, and so Andy Stanley interviewed him and his wife about the whole experience. It was so powerful. I mean, it had me frequently in tears. I mean, talking about the medical personnel putting their lives on the line and saving his life. He, he, talking about their friends and family rallying around them and the prayer support and, and all of that. Talking about the impact this, this, this virus had on his body talking about their faith in the midst of all. It was just powerful. So near the end of this interview, Andy Stanley asked Stuart, he said, so I'm just curious, how does this whole experience fit into your understanding of God's sovereignty? I mean, did God cause this? And Stuart had this amazing response. He said, I don't know if God made this happen, but I do know he wants it to matter. In other words, he's saying, look, I'm not asking why this happened to me or how this happened to me. I'm asking, what does God want to do in this situation? Whatever we are going through, God is at work doing something. It may not be what we want, but he is at work and it's good. The question is, are we willing to make our difficulties matter by looking for what God is doing, looking for where the gospel is advancing, where faith is being stirred, and partnering with God in that. In the midst of the difficulties and irritating things that you're facing, what question are you asking? Let's pray together. So I want to encourage us right now just to quiet our heart. Holy Spirit, we invite you. You've already been speaking to us. We invite you to, to apply this, to speak specifically to us in our response to these truths from your word. So as you're quieting your heart, I want, to, I want you to think about, we're gonna, we're gonna actually practice what we just talked about. We're gonna practice it right now. So I want you to think about it. in your life, think about a circumstance. We did this a little earlier in the message. You might wanna go back to that same circumstance or maybe something else God's stirring, but just a, a circumstance in your own life, in your community, in our nation, our culture, and your response to that. Just think about that for a moment. And as you're thinking about that response, what, what questions are you asking as you see those things? What questions are you asking? So what I want us to do is we acknowledge the questions we've, we ask. Let's shift the question. Here's the question I want us to ask as we've been talking about, God, what are you doing in this situation? Where is the gospel advancing? 
And now the follow-up question to that, how can I be a part of what you are doing, Lord? So just take a moment, ask a different question, this different question, and ask God to show you how you can be a part of what he is doing. So Lord, would you open our eyes? Would you open our eyes and our hearts to ask a different question, no matter what we're going through? To ask this question, what are you doing? How can we partner with you in that? Where's the gospel advancing? To ask those questions, and in doing so, I pray it would transform not only our attitude in this season, it would it would shift the atmosphere in our small group, in our relationships, in our conversations, in our family, our conversations around the dinner table. It would just shift things. And we would begin to be like Paul, just so in love with you and so excited about what you are doing. So help us do that. And let me also just mention another response here while you're just prayerfully engaging. There may be some of you, and and maybe you, for the first time, you are watching this service online, or first time maybe you're just kind of hearing about this thing called the gospel, and you realize, you know, you have never placed your trust in Jesus to receive his life, to receive the fullness of life that he can bring. So if that's you, I want to invite you um, to pray and receive Jesus right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And just pray along with me in the silence of your heart. Pray out loud if you're in a place you can do that. And in this prayer, we're simply going to, we're going to admit our need, our sin. We're going to repent of that, and we're going to turn to Jesus and receive. He paid for all of our sin. We're going to just receive his forgiveness and his life. So pray with me. Dear God, I acknowledge that you are holy, and I'm not, and that my sin separates me from you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And I choose to place my trust in you, Jesus. I now give you my failures, fears, sin, doubt, all of that. And in exchange, I receive your forgiveness and your life and the presence of your very spirit living in me. Change me from the inside out through the power of your love. Father, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. Help them grow in their relationship with you. And I pray for all of us to grow in our ability to see what you are doing in the midst of whatever we're going through. So now, Lord, I ask you to set us free as we... to to really worship you as the worship team leads us in a time of response. We love you, God. We love you. We offer our hearts to you in worship.
You move. 
the mountains and I believe I see you to me again you made a way where there was no way and I believe it I see you to me Lord, we have seen you move, and we want you to continue that work in our hearts, in our in our community, in our nation, Lord. And we know that it begins with us asking the right question and partnering with you in what you're doing. And so we pray for your work to continue above and beyond what we could even ask or imagine. Thanks for what you're doing in our hearts. And the, the, the way you're showing us how our perspective can change by simply changing the question we're asking. So help us walk in this. Help us walk in this, we pray. So before I dismiss you with a blessing, I uh, want to uh, do just a, a couple things. One, I'm going to have Rocky Martinez come up here. Rocky is a... Uh, our, uh, our worship director, uh, as, as you know, um, we are socially distancing here. It's a little weird because I really want to put my hand on him, but um, in a good way. Um, but um, Rocky has, uh, has been through a process, a uh, 16-month process of uh, pastoral kind of training, commissioning process that our church has put together, and he has completed that. Um, it involves some theological exploration and study and reflection and some dialogue and conversations in a small cohort. And, uh, and so I'm excited to announce that Rocky has completed the process. Our elders have met and unanimously approved um, uh, the, the position of pastor for Rocky. And so we wanted to, in this context, just officially commission him. Um, by me praying for him. And as a representative of our entire church, we are so grateful for your ministry to us and um, your investment in us and that God, so grateful God brought you here. Um, and so I want to just pray a blessing on Rocky and I would ask you to join me in your heart just in praying blessing upon this man and this this significant role as as pastor. So Father, we thank you so much for bringing Rocky here and the way you made that happen. And we are thankful for his love for you and his wisdom and the anointing on his life to lead others in worship 
and we thank you for the, the investment of the last 16 months and the things that you've taught him and, and the, 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 the things you're doing in him, the things he's learning about you and about pastoral ministry and all of that. And so, Lord, we thank you for him, and we just entrust him to you now. We officially, I just want to officially commission him as a pastor at Christ Community Church. And we, as a church, we, we thank you for him and we pray your blessing upon his ministry to us. That you would anoint him, you would fill him, you would provide for his every need, you would pour out supernatural peace and joy and wisdom and anointing in all that he does. And that your kingdom would come powerfully through him. I wanna pray you'd give him dreams of all that you wanna do and you would enable him to see those things happen. And so we just bless him now and we commission him as in the role of pastor at Christ Community. Thank you, Lord. So before I dismiss you with a blessing, um, I just wanna mention that after I'm done, a slide will come up for some, a couple ways you can continue to respond to what God is doing. One is, is by, uh, through prayer, you can text the number on the screen there if you want um, someone to pray for you. And also there's, a, there's information about how you can partner with Christ Community in the work God is doing here just through your generosity. All right, let me dismiss you with a blessing. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.